Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do every Thursday from 6 p.m. Eastern time until about 6.30. And it is a way that we can extend the reach that we originated with our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And what we do a lot on this program is we read letters from people who are audience members and we share their stories and we give some comments and recommendations on what they've shared with us. Also, if you would like to send us your story, please feel free to do that. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com and nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X. T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. You can also send us a recommendation for a topic or a recommendation for a guest, and uh, we're happy to receive all your input. And also, if you send us your your story, please let us know if it's okay mm-hmm. to share. And we also are building another another vehicle for sharing and that will be available shortly and so also tell us if it's okay for us to share your story and our response in text form is mm-hmm. absolutely okay if you tell us that you don't want us to yeah, share or you want us to share parts or whatever we will respond to you we have one or both of us will respond in any mm-hmm. case to your to your note to us and we only share first names in any case You can support our program in a number of ways through Venmo, PayPal, monthly subscription. All of these, all this information, I might have already said this, is in the description that's attached to the broadcast or the replay. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a wonderful program that does all kinds of things starting with shelter and adoption services, but a lot of different kinds of programs they offer, one of which is a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate mm-hmm. is on the second Tuesday of the month. It runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is completely cost-free. You don't pay anything to be a part of this group or this meeting, and the RSVP link is linked in the description. I will tell you that it's a good idea to, to get your RSVP in as soon as possible because we cap the meeting at 50 and usually about 25 people actually are able to make it. And so if you're interested in coming and the next time is on November 14th, please get your RSVP link in as soon as possible so that you will secure a place for yourself in the meeting. Please consider subscribing to our program on YouTube. That's really, really helpful in that it helps other people gain access. It, it raises the program's profile when people are looking for these kinds of resources. And also uh, press the like button if you're watching this mm-hmm. on YouTube, because that's always also very helpful. One announcement that we share at the beginning of the programs is our affiliation mm-hmm. with a program called Bereave. Bereave is a company that offers really beautiful granite engraved plaques that you can either use as a grave marker or just a place of um, remembrance. Maybe you want to put it on a table in your home. And these are just really great. They really are beautiful. And and if you 
if you purchase a plaque from Bereave, you will also be giving some support to our program as well. Mm -hmm. So Nancy, want to get us started? Yeah, I just want, didn't you have the group this week? We did. We had it on Tuesday and we had people from all, all over the place, uh, all over the U.S., Canada this time. We often have people from the UK and sometimes other places uh, across the world, New Zealand, and Australia. It's uh, so great. Well, I have someone I sent to you at, to the group, but I don't know. I'll, I'll talk to you about it after we're off. But okay. um, but she was she was better trying to get on, you know, get to get involved. So tonight we have you know two stories, and I'm going to share Kajas. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, and, you know, we've gotten a lot, Ken, of stories where the, the beautiful companion animals have died young. Yes, yeah. You yeah. know, and and it's just so, I mean, look, it's heartbreaking at any point in time. We never have enough time. But when they're so young, you know, there's all of that that can be missed, right? So many years. You, you, you lose the, the expectation of a, of a shared future. Right. Yeah. And so I'm going to um, share Kasha's story uh, about Mia. Um, hi, Nancy and Ken. I recently discovered your podcast, and it's all I've been listening to these past few weeks as I'm going through my own experience with grief. It's been five weeks since I lost my beloved Seal Point Berman Mia, and I still cry every day. Within the first week, my family seemed a bit annoyed that I kept bringing up the what-ifs and it makes my partner feel uncomfortable to see me sad. And we want to talk about that, actually. So I've started to keep my sadness from them and seek comfort and support groups instead. Everyone has their most special fur child, and Mia was mine. I met her when she was six year, um, weeks old. She was the tiniest, sweetest little thing that slept on my lap upon the first greeting. I don't think I've ever felt so connected to a cat before. I knew right away that she was my baby. She was the runt, so my breeder kept her with her mother for six months to make sure she was healthy enough to come to her new family. Even in adulthood, she was just six pounds, my forever kitten. She would be on my lap as I worked, watched me take my makeup off at the end of the day, and would sleep next to me at night. She was perfect. She was my sweetest, most affectionate little lap girl. I would have done anything for her. On her fourth birthday, I even told her that she was no longer to have any more birthdays and she was not allowed to grow any older. I really wish she could have stayed four years old forever. I told her every day how lucky I was to be her human mom and how much I loved her. Losing her has crushed me beyond belief. Just like most people, it's the smallest daily routine moments that make it so hard but the bedtime routine has been the most difficult change for me to accept. She would always watch me get ready for bed and would rest in my clothes because I assumed that my scent was comforting to her. The moment I would climb into bed, she would settle on my lap or stretch out between my legs. In 2015, I lost my 22-year-old childhood cat, Muffin, and then six months after that, I was putting down oh, my eight-month-old kitten, Oscar. But losing Mia has been my most difficult loss yet. She was still quite young at six years old, but it was long enough to form a deep, lovable bond with her. 
She had always been a healthy girl in comparison to her brother, Charlie, who I take to the vet more often for ongoing gastro issues. So I was never expecting something like this to happen. The last time I saw her healthy, I gave both her and her Charlie uh, kisses before I headed out the door. I'll see you tomorrow night. Love you both. I would always tell them on my way out. I would always stay at my partner's place on Saturday nights because I have a roommate and it's nice to have a place work to ourselves once a week. I regret it so much not being there for her last night in our home. I woke up on Sunday just like it was any other day and just enjoyed the beautiful weather before having dinner and heading home. When I got home, Charlie came to the door, but Mia was off behind a chair facing the wall. It was a little bit unusual, but I figured that she just needed a minute and would come to me when ready. I went to my room and put things away while I was on the phone with my partner to let him know that I got home safely. As I was hanging up the phone, Mia let out an awful sound. I turned around and my baby was at the door, clearly in distress. I ran over to her and she seemed to be struggling with her back legs. I tried to help her stand, but she kept falling back down. She must have rolled over from the corner by the chair not too far away. A year and a half prior, my upstairs neighbor had lost her two-year-old cat, Jude, to a saddle thrombus, so I was aware of the symptoms. It looked like Mia was experiencing just that, which I knew meant that I needed to act quickly. I called both emergency vets in my city. One was quoting an eight-hour wait. The other was no longer accepting patients. I finally, I finally found a vet in a nearby suburb that I could take her right away. It was confirmed to be a saddle thrombus, and they kept her overnight to treat the clot. I was given a 50-50 chance of her making it through. I was hopeful but expecting the worst, as I have never known a cat to come back from this diagnosis. I went home and was told that I would receive a call in the morning. The next day was probably the longest day of my life. Reports started off positive in the morning, but by the evening, I was told that there was still no circulation in her back legs, and that she might never walk again. I told myself that if Mia could just be in my lap for the rest of her life, we could get through the rest. I was so prepared to bring her home as a special needs cat until I received a call at 12.30 a.m. on July 11th saying that she was declining and that I should come back and discuss options. Seeing her in an incubator broke my heart as the vet told me that they had tried everything and there was nothing else they could do. Her heart was now failing and the kindest thing to do would be to let her go. So I held my baby Mia for the last time and told her, like I always did, how lucky I was to have her and how sudden it all was. She was so young and it was so unexpected. I thought we would have at least another five or six more years together. She was too good for this to happen to her. I cry because I miss her, but I also cry for how unfair this was to her. She deserves so much more time. I know she is my heart, but like you said, it's a lack of physical presence and touch that is really difficult to accept right now. Thank you for hearing me out and for listening to all of our heartbreaking stories. Yours and Ken's kindness does so much for all of us. Even those who are too shy to come forward with their own stories are seeking comfort through your podcast. So I'm sure you are touching more hearts than you know. I'm very grateful for your strong hearts to be able to handle all of her sadness. Now, she did write back, I believe. Now I don't know if I will find it. Um, oh, and I skipped. Oh, shoot, shoot. Um, 
Okay, so and then this is another part. I have cried for her every day since then. Her brother Charlie didn't seem to notice at first, and that made me so angry. But eventually he started becoming more needy and vocal. I don't mind waking up to the midnight cuddles. Something he didn't do before, but that we both need now. I will eventually get him another friend. I'm scheduled to go for a tonsillectomy on Friday, which I hear is a rough recovery in adulthood. The only thing that I was looking forward to was that having Mia in my lab during my recovery. As the date of my surgery approaches, I've been missing her more and more. I wish that she was still here to give me strength and to tell me that everything is going to be okay. I wanted to share my story with you because I've been searching for one that is similar to mine. My heart breaks for everyone who has lost a pet in a tragic accident, but you don't often hear about saddle thrombos and cats. It's every cat mom's worst nightmare, yet no one ever hears about it until it happens to their fur child. You are welcome to share my story if you think it might help others. Thank you for listening and your ongoing support for all of us broken-hearted pet parents. So, I mean, it's so tragic, right? So young and, and, imme and immediately. I, I had never heard of this saddle thrombus. thrombus. Never heard of it. Had you heard of it before? So I'm glad no. she shared it with us as she wrote because it was new to me and it sounds like it hits cats in a just totally out of the blue. Right. And it and it can be very obviously it's it's tremendously yeah. difficult and problematic. Yeah. Um and and of course, what, what she was saying in the beginning was she's talking. She wants to 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 share it, and she wants to talk about it. But she's so afraid with the, her family and partner around her that she, you know, there. I think I think maybe Ken, you can you can address this too. Sometimes men want to fix things, <laughs> and so when they can't. You know, they get upset, they get mad, they 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 don't know what to do, and I I, I would think that you could address that a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, these are broad strokes, of course, and yeah. we want to be really, we want to be cautious and yeah, and these things, but they but they do apply to a lot of relationships where men, you know, men, we're we're taught from childhood in general to kind of stuff our feelings and not to pay as much attention to them and not develop a full, the, the broadest range of being able to identify and parse out our different feelings. And we're, you're right. I mean, we're also in general, I think taught that if possible, we should try to fix things and you can't mm -hmm. fix loss. You can only bear witness and be supportive. But I also think that that's, it's very typical for many people of all genders to kind of close down around another person's loss pretty quickly mm -hmm. because we just are not in this society in general. Right. We just are not, not good very it. practiced or comfortable dealing with painful feelings, mm -hmm. ourselves, our own feelings, or the difficult feelings of people close to us. So I think it's really smart that what Kaya did was she, was right. like, she went and she got involved with some some support, support groups. She found things Elsewhere. online. She found yeah. some support, yeah. and and yes, that's that's what when you're when you're in that situation with people that you love and they love you so much, then they can't tolerate their your their pain, right? So 
it was really good that Kaja went out and, and found those those uh, those supports for herself. Yes, and and the another thing she said, she said that the the grief is kind of es- escalating as she gets ready for surgery, and and that makes sense too because it's another stress, and it's a it makes her feel vulnerable, and when we feel vulnerable, we're more likely to feel greater distress about the things that are that are pressuring us. And so that makes sense as well. And I think it's one of the things that, that's so good about her story and many stories is that when you are able to identify your feelings, when you're able to put them into words, it does give you a little bit of control, yeah, a little bit of control over them, a little bit of mastery over them and and to be able to write it out can be helpful. Oh, so cathartic. For the same reason because it gives you some perspective and so it, it's it's so powerful that she's doing all this that she wrote it out that she's looking at the ways that current circumstances are evoking even more mm-hmm. of her you know grief goes up and down in any and case, and for periods of time, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no set there's time limit, time. right? It, it comes and goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, she would want Mia in her lap, right? That yeah. that's what she was looking forward to, yeah. to to just recover with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was so difficult. But Kaja, we really appreciate, and that was very, and she, and we appreciate how thankful she was. She has been to us too. You oh, know, she, absolutely, yeah, and and. Then, um, and that she's willing to share her story. Yes. It can be so thank, painful. Thank so we're going to move on and we're going to share Rifel's story. And this is about her cat, Ginger, who is a beautiful little cat. Oh. Show some very pictures sweet. of Ginger. Oh, with a croissant. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> and she writes, hello, Ken and Nancy. Let me introduce myself. My name is Rifel. And I hope I'm saying her name correctly. And I'm from Saudi Arabia. Apologies in advance for my English, as it's my second language, and no apology necessary. It's uh, she's writing. She writes beautifully, and uh, my Arabic is not very is not very good. So, <laughs> no, it, in fact, it's non-existent. So right. Great admiration for her. And uh, so she writes. I'm a rescuer who has more than twenty cats, and the numbers are still increasing. I rescue cats and adopt them in my house and yard, which I've turned into a shelter. I have seven babies in the house, my beautiful kitties, Puffy, Ginger, Naomi, Silver, Leo, Tinkerbell, and Kiri. They are my life, my everything. I always tell everyone that they're my kids, and I'm always referring to them as my kids. I'm their mom. They are my children. I would never imagine the day I would lose any of them, but my life turned upside down, and the light and sunshine has gone on this day the 16th of July, summer of 2023. What a cold, dark summer. I would never imagine the ending of my babies would be in this tragic way. I thought we would age together until we could able, we were able to celebrate 20 years or even 16 years. But unfortunately, I lost my baby, Ginger, at nine years to kidney mm-hmm. failure. We received the news on the 13th of July, but it all started on May 1st, or it all started in May, I'm sorry. I have noticed my baby lost weight and thought it was just a dental issue as I noticed his teeth were bad. The vet also did test on his kidney and liver functions and they came out fine. The values were normal and he was prescribed a mouthwash. Fast forward one month later 
in June, again, we did blood testing for kidney and liver and deep cleaning of his teeth that required anesthesia as his mouth doesn't, his mouthwash didn't work out and everything came back normal. After the dental cleaning, he was eating well and was coming back to the ginger who we knew, finishing his food and sneaking his, his siblings' food and pushing stuff down, typical orange cat. I don't know exactly what that means, but <laughs> I missed him so much. And I was so happy that he, had, he was back to his old self. After several weeks, we noticed that he had stopped eating and wasn't gaining weight. So I thought it might take some time to gain all the weight back that he had lost. Unfortunately, on the 13th of July, we were shocked by the values of his kidney function and unfortunately diagnosed with kidney failure. It makes sense now that the day before he stopped eating, he was completely exhausted. He wasn't my baby and I knew my fighter and spicy ginger and he wasn't himself. Mm. It happened through the weekend. We were just crying so much and we had to take him on the weekend, spending more than eight hours for his infusions and we never mm. left his side. Unfortunately, on the 16th of July, it was a Sunday. I had to go to work and my sister was on summer vacation from university. She took Ginger to his appointment and I was talking with her on the phone and Ginger seemed to scream, meowing loudly. So she hung up and took him immediately to the vet as an emergency case. He stopped breathing. Mm -hmm. I called her again many times, but she didn't pick up and I felt something wasn't right. I called the reception at the vet's office and they told me that my baby Ginger was passing away and I could hear my sister screaming in the background. Oh, I drove like crazy from work because something was happening to her. And when I arrived there, my mind couldn't accept the fact that she had passed away. I said I would come and I'm sorry that he had passed away. I said I would come and find him alive and that CPR was a success. I was hoping that, but unfortunately the news hit me like a train and like someone slapped me so hard on the face and I blacked out and screamed and fell on the ground. I couldn't stand. The stuff went out of my lungs and I fell down to the ground. The staff were really kind and helped me to get up to walk to the room where my baby lay dead and my sister was on the ground just crying and screaming. I could never erase his memory from my head. Mm -hmm. Lying there, lifeless and dead, she's seeing the image. My sister screaming, holding him, calling for him. And I lost it, and I had to just sit on the ground. I couldn't stand up, but I had to carry my baby and my sister to break the news to our family at home. And we spent the next 12 hours saying our goodbyes. We couldn't believe it. He looked like he was sleeping, which gave me some relief that he wasn't suffering anymore. Mm. But his, but he left me and his furry siblings, especially Leo, whose companion was Ginger, and Ginger was his godfather. They did everything together from playing and eating and learning new tricks. After Ginger's death, he searched for comfort, and as he was grieving sadly with us, it was clear he was grieving. He's better mm. now, but my world is crushed. Mm -hmm. I felt like a mom who lost her child. I didn't even have the time to realize his illness. It was just three days when he was diagnosed and then he passed on the 16th of July. I tried my best in those three days and I had consults with five vets and I bought 
all the renal food and supplements and stayed overnight next to him. So I was really grateful for those three days. We had been so close. We were cuddling and snuggling and giving a lot of kisses and hugs. And we slept together one last night before he passed away. I'm lost. I don't want to move forward. But it's like I have to because Ginger wouldn't accept for me to be this sad. Whenever he saw someone sad and crying, he always gave them massages. <laughs> but at the time, I, I need him so badly because my sadness, because of my sadness, my baby was so precious to me. I want to move forward a bit just to be there for his siblings and my other babies, but I can't imagine creating a new life without Ginger. I'm drowning and I'm lost. And this is the first time I shout out for help. I feel I am lost without a map or directions. I just need help. I've attended the support group. Thank you, Ken, for sharing it with me. But I froze during the session. I can't believe it that I'm attending a pet law support group. I would never imagine being here. And when I was seeking the sources here in my country, unfortunately, it was traumatizing. No one could relate to my emotion, even the therapist who I chose to continue with because she had a cat for 15 years that she lost, but she couldn't connect with my emotion, my devastation, my sadness, my broken heart. So that's why I'm seeking help from you guys. I need to be there for my babies. They need me and my rescues. Everyone needs me, so I need to be strong for them. That's why I'm being very open and vulnerable and asking for help. Please, what can I do? Thanks so much, and please feel free to share my story. And sorry for the long email, all love and support. That's fine, Russell. Yeah. It's fine. Absolutely. I have to give it to her. What an amazing person and her family in and creating a shelter and taking care of all these little kids. Yeah. Yeah. She it sounds like she and her sister are, are working yeah. on that a lot. And what a beautiful little cat Ginger yeah. was. Yeah. And and it's interesting because she's so she loves all of them, but Ginger just touched her in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? As, you know, we always have those relationships that are so special that I I call them my familiars. You call them their, your soul. Soul, and, heart, heart dog, heart yeah. cat, soul dog. And it's uh, unfortunate, you know, once again, we hear that she, she looked for help and she didn't. I know. Didn't find it from the, the uh, therapist who she spoke with that wasn't of great help. She participated in the meeting and, and I'm hoping that even though she didn't, she froze and she felt like she couldn't, contribute that time that it was of some help to her because sometimes it's just helpful for people to be present with others and hear their stories as well. Well, but we hear this a lot. And, and of course she does live in a different country yep. and, you know, we're not a hundred percent sure cultures are different in different yep. countries. Yep. Um, I mean, at the vet, they were able, I mean, there was, they had, the staff had no issue with them just being there and 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 demonstrating their grief, right? Yeah. Being yeah. on the floor and being with Ginger, yeah. which is that's great that that could happen. I can relate well, to it. I yes, know. I know. We all can. But I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I, thank God at that moment that happened. But even afterwards, 
she was struggling, right? Nobody understands that it's the relationship we grieve. You know, the relationship we have in our companion animals is so incredibly different than with our humans, you know, because they never judge us. They don't care. They just love us. And it's so a very uncomplicated, yeah, simple mm-hmm. relationship. And yeah, exactly. Pure. There's no betrayal. There's no, no. lying. No, nope, there's no screaming or calling names or, yeah. you know, I mean, it's so different. And it's the relationship that you grieve. Yeah. And people that don't that don't have animals or don't don't care about them don't understand. You know? Yeah, and some some people who should understand is, and I always yes, the therapist isn't isn't particularly empathic. It's really disturbing to me, and and I hope that Rafael has found yeah. found her way and right. is making. I mean, the what what she needs to do is what we all need to do, which is to just keep going, to and just one keep foot in front of the other, and and mm-hmm. we're happy that she wrote to us and and shared what she was going through. And hopefully doing that offered some degree of a perspective too, because just writing about it can be helpful and getting it out of ourselves. But it sounds like she's got a lot of other animals to pay to attention to. And, I, and I'm hoping that she's able to feel strong enough to keep doing the great work. She will you. She will do it in memory of Ginger, right? Because way of looking at it, yeah. Ginger would want her to take care of all of his pals. Yep, yep. So we want to thank Rafal and Kea for sharing with us and we hope they're, they're doing okay and they've found some degree of peace. Yes, our hearts go out to them. And we will remind you once again, please consider subscribing on YouTube if you haven't done that, because it just helps other people to gain access to the program. If you find value in it and you think others will, that can be helpful. Yes, please. Thank you. Bye, Nancy. See you. See you next week.